Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help, I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and the co-author of The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm Jo's co-author of The New Teen Age, as well as a GP and a mum with six kids in a blended family. Now, today we've gotten questions from two anonymous parents via our email, podcast at mamamia.com.au. Shall we get started? Sure. The first one says, hey, Ginny and Joe, my 13-year-old has discovered swearing and I cannot get him to stop. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) We can all relate to this. He might have picked it up from us, but we're pretty careful with what we say around the kids. So I think it's more likely school or friends. Yes, I think it is. He never swears at us more when he's frustrated or something goes wrong. On one hand, I feel like they're just words, so I don't want to punish him harshly. On the other, I don't want to make this a habit or for him to get into trouble for swearing at school. Any advice? Well, Joe, I must have the foulest mouth on the planet. I've got definitely a potty mouth. So my kids definitely learnt swearing from me. So I feel like I would be in a massive glass house if I attempted to throw any stones at this particular problem because basically my kids said bum as soon as they could talk and I just thought it was funny and started laughing. So I just think the 13-year-old swearing is cute. And bum, I remember my son Harry, he must have been four at the most, and I went to pick him up from his grandmother's after I'd been at work, and I said, come on, Harry, come on, grab your shoes, let's go. And he put his hands on his little hips and went, where are my effing shoes? Except he didn't say effing. (laughs) And I said, Harry. And then I said, Nanny, what have you been teaching him while I've been at work? Of course, she was horrified they didn't go down well. Uh, So that wasn't from friends at school, so that wasn't good. But You're right, Anonymous, not to make a huge deal out of it because if you do, they think they get to us and they might just do it more. And listening to some young people, seriously, the language, it can be pretty hard if you're driving kids home from sport and you're hearing the word. So it is going to be hard to stop it altogether. I'm not a fan of a word that starts with C and I don't like it coming out of boys' mouths. How sexist am I? I really don't like that word. It's one that I just probably would want to shut down fairly quickly because that's all about me, right? That's not about the kid. Coming far more common, far more common than even when our kids were younger. I think as always, you want to come from a place of wanting to help. Because as you say, if he doesn't learn to curb the habit, it might be hard to stop swearing at school or in front of the grandparents, like my son, or (laughs) in front of other parents who may judge that pretty harshly. So if you try to gently suggest that he doesn't swear around you or at home, that's a good place to start. My kids would always say, sorry, mum, 
after swearing, which means, yes, they swore and still swear, but at least I thought they were trying to control it. I mean, a fun swear jar might be a good example, you know, where everybody has a different colour token and puts it in, Ginny, your colour yellow would just be overflowing. So, but everybody could have a... No swear jar for me, (laughs) Joe. It's just there is no charity (laughs) that that can take that much money. Well, maybe an anonymous case who doesn't have the potty mouth you do um, because she's saying pretty careful. But maybe there'd be a swear jar. Everyone can have their colour token. And whoever has the, you know, most tokens at the end of the month has to shout everybody brunch or lunch out. I think oh, that would, I like Yeah, that. I think that's a good idea. I love well, I think it. the 13-year-old going for a bit of a bottomless brunch sounds awesome. <laughs> Not maybe a movie night would be lovely as well. I do think the other one that you need to sort of be really careful with is masturbation, right? So a lot of kids, I know Joe's eyes just nearly fell out of her head when just I said that. not quite see the link, but well, please, he, please go on. Bear with me, darling, <laughs> while I tell you that there is a time and a place and the grandma probably doesn't want to see it, but it's okay to do it in your own room, right? So just there's a time and a place and there's a time and a place for swearing and probably not in front of your boss and definitely not in front of a teacher and definitely not in front of an adult you don't know is okay with it, which probably most adults fit into that category. So you just sort of take that offline and it's all okay to do it. It's okay in front of me, but probably not in front of grandma. Not the masturbation, the swearing. Not the masturbation. Masturbation <laughs> is a very private moment. You have that on your own. Can I just clarify? You, yes, you're thank talking you. about swearing. <laughs> yes, we definitely want to take that to your bedroom on your own. But yes, the swearing, I think just sort of understanding that there is a time and a place and that understand like doing a quick survey, is this an okay place to drop an F-bomb? Probably not. Let's just leave it alone. But as Anonymous is saying, when habits become entrenched, they're really hard to have that conscious moment to be able to read the room. Sometimes you just got to practice a lot more and say, okay, can just be aware. So let's just practice a little bit at home, just tone it down a little bit so that you don't even realise that every second word is a swear word. Well, you know, here's another one. What about doing a poo? Sometimes you just really have the urge to do a poo and you don't just get to do it wherever you are because it's a habit. You actually have to go and take that into a bathroom. Yeah, but that's once or twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) Swearing could be once or twice a minute. If you're pooing once (laughs) or twice a minute, Jeannie, for goodness sake, I had no idea where you were going to take this poor woman or father with the swearing question. But there you go. You got um, At least you got one sensible adult answering (laughs) you. Well, you got more than you bargained for today, so that's good, isn't it? It's good to get more bang for your buck. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Our second question, dear Ginny and Joe, advice please for a year seven boy lacking academic motivation. My son started year seven this year and is reluctant to do any homework. For over a term, he said there was no homework or that he'd done it. I then discovered there had been homework, but he'd refused to do it. He's not really faced any consequences at school other than subpar grades. He appears not to care and just says, I'm never going to use French in my life anyway, which is probably right. 
Same argument for maths, and I disagree there and have reinforced the importance. I don't really have visibility of his homework tasks, so when he says he has nothing to do, I don't know otherwise. Even when I do know, I'm struggling. For example, he had a book set to read in the school holidays. Almost every day I prompted him to read it and he refused. He tried a chapter and found it difficult, so gave up and refused. I offered to read it with him, but he declined. I suggested strategies such as reading for 15 minutes each day with a timer just to get through it, and again, he refused. He has good friendships and enjoys sports. He's happy to go to school and generally really enjoys school. However, at home, he's fairly grumpy and rude and pretty much just wants to sit on YouTube or TikTok. Help! Wow, there's a lot of time back there, Joe. <laughs> there is. And look, it's hard to tell whether he's struggling with the work itself or whether it's a confidence issue or a motivation issue. But if he's happy going to school and he's seeing his friends and he's playing sport, that's really good. So I don't think you need to be overly worried. Sounds like he just, you know, is doing his best to maybe concentrate at school all day and doesn't want to come home and do homework, which I totally get. And that transition to year seven can be pretty hard. Can't it? It's a big leap. Suddenly you've got all these subjects and some schools do really pile on the homework in year seven to give them a taste of, okay, you need to you know dedicate a little bit each night to each subject. And then it eases off a bit in year eight, which I think is a crazy way around. But, you know, there's probably is too much homework full stop. But I'm just wondering, you know, if you've had any chance of any parent-teacher interviews with your son involved, hopefully, because that's often a good place to get some feedback on how he's doing. Because if he's doing okay at school and the teachers are quite happy and they're saying that he's meeting their expectations because there hasn't been any consequences, then, you know, it doesn't sound like many incentives for him to do much work at home. Yeah, it's interesting because it's hard to know how much we should be supporting the school and, you know, the school says you've got homework, then we should be upholding that. But the school's not really communicating with this mum and telling her what their expectations are. And I wonder whether it would be worth just sending an email to the teacher. I know every teacher listening to me is just going to go, <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm getting 100 emails a day. I don't need hers as well. But it does kind of make me wonder, like, what are the expectations? Because I always think, you know, the parent's job is, you know, to earn the money and to set the rules and to maybe provide the meals and the, you know, shelter, blah, blah. And the kid's job is pretty simple. It's just to go to school and do the homework and participate in whatever their jobs around the house that they're allocated. They have a pretty simple job, but that's part of his job as, as the contractor, the family, is school is required. It's required by the law. It's required by your family. So you kind of need to get him a little bit involved here. Yeah, but you also don't want to have six years of fighting about homework, do you? So maybe just investigate if there's some undiscovered learning difficulty because if, you know, if he found it too hard to read the book, maybe there's something there. But, you know, if he's been actually doing okay at school, you probably could rule that out. But if his grades are slipping, there could be an undiscovered learning difficulty. There could be some bullying going on. But again, if he's generally happy going to school, we'd doubt that. But I'd talk about that. As you say, get some feedback from the school, maybe talk to the year coordinator and ask for some guidance. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert on this in any way at all, but I have heard teachers say to me that a lot of the pressure to give homework comes from the parents. The parents are saying, I'm not seeing any homework. So what's happening? Because they really want to know that their child is working hard and is working towards this, oh my gosh, this huge year 12. And so the teachers are feeling pressure sometimes to say, okay, well, quickly, you need to do some homework when really they're quite happy to be 
you know, the way they're teaching the kids and monitoring their progress and maybe going gently in year seven. So I would talk to the school, as Ginny said, to see what feedback you can get from them. A lot of schools, which I think is a great idea, offer study sessions. So there can be some after hours, one or two afternoons a week in the library where kids can just go and do their homework with other kids of all different grades. There's normally someone there to help if you're struggling with something. And that's really good if they can just tick it off and then they can come home and relax. You know, mind you, if the main thing is he's watching YouTube or TikTok all night, then that's stopping him doing the homework, then there might be need some boundaries in on the screen time there. Yeah, good idea. One of the things that is really important at this age is just to get him reasonably proficient at reading. So sometimes the set texts that are sent home by schools are not necessarily that interesting. And I completely get that he might have thought that that one book that got sent home was boring as. But even if we can just find out something that he does like reading, is it the sports pages of the paper? Is it some other book? Can he go rogue into your bookshelf and take some, I don't know, Robert Ludlum kind of thriller or something that he likes to read? Well, seriously, even comics or, you know, it doesn't anything. matter because yeah. we do need to get his language building. These are really critical years. And interestingly, if he doesn't get that whole reading thing, I've seen a lot of kids whose literacy is pretty poor and that really impairs their ability to get a job and maybe if he wanted to go on to higher education, he might not. But if he did want to go into higher education, that might get really limited if he never, ever reads any text at all. And it'll be important whether he does history or commerce or even maths and science. So I think just some sort of reading, if he doesn't like the text sent home from school, just let's see if we can find something he likes yeah. to read. And some of the, I mean, I find bookshops just amazing places. You know, you can go in there and you can ask, okay, what do 12, 13-year-old like to read at the moment? And they can often really pull out some interesting books, as you say. So, And get him to come along with you and say, okay, what can we do? What would you like to read to make this part of life? Because as you say, if you don't get that literacy skill up, then it's hard to write if you can't read well. Your vocab suffers a lot of things. You can become behind the eight ball. But I wouldn't push it too much apart from the reading, the whole homework thing. I'd leave it a bit for this year maybe and start slowly mentioning, you know, with maturity, you'll start you know, wanting to set some realistic goals about getting through school because you are going to get through school <laughs> and I'm going to help you get through school, but without the pressure and the fights. You just don't want the fights because then, you know, he might say, no, I've got to win this fight and then dig his heels in and no homework ever gets done. And he'll hate learning, which yeah. is a terrible thing. Yep, that's right. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. And if you like this show, please share it with your friends and tell people about it. And if you believe in what we do here at Mamma Mia and you want to support a purpose-driven women's media company, consider becoming a Mamma Mia subscriber. There's more information about that in our show notes. This episode was produced by the wonderful Emmeline Peterson. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg and we'll see you next week. 